anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Happy Theft Day. <laughs> it's April 15th, 2020, the day your taxes are normally due. And um, thanks to this coronavirus, your wise overlords in Washington have decided to push that date back a little bit. I forget if it's uh, June or July. doesn't really matter. Your day of reckoning will come eventually. Wasn't that nice of them, though? Wasn't that nice of them to just push that day back a little bit, give us a little breathing room, while, with their other hand, they're reaching into our pockets and stealing 4 to $6 trillion, bailing out all their rich banker buddies, and um, probably lining their own pockets in the process. But welcome back, everybody. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Thank you all so very much for tuning in once again. You know I appreciate each and every one of you listeners out there. And we got some new listeners on board, so if you haven't gone back and listened to the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 episodes, something like that, you should do that so that you're all caught up with the rest of us. And today I thought we'd take a little break, another break from the coronavirus stuff. This could be two episodes in a row without coronavirus talk. And go over some of the evils of taxation because, you know, I was doing my taxes yesterday. I didn't, uh, I didn't really feel the need to push my date another couple of months. Just, I just want to get it over with and done with and know how much the government has been stealing from me for the last year and how much, if anything, I owed them. And for those of you who are in the boat where the government actually gives you some money back and you get all excited about this, right? Oh, it's tax refunds. You, you do your taxes as soon as you can. Middle of January, once you get all your, do your tax documents together and you're uh, secure in all your papers and your effects, right? You get all that stuff together and you, you turn in your tax return to the government so that you can get your big tax refund back and you think that that's just the greatest thing ever, right? Because you're getting some money back from the government. Well, in reality, all that really happened over the previous year was you gave the government, well, you didn't actually give it to them because they took it right out of your paycheck before you even got to touch it. They just took it before it even got to you. It's theirs. And see, they took more than they were supposed to. But, you know, better err on the side of caution and take more rather than less. And if, if it turns out that they took more than they were supposed to from you, they stole more than they were supposed to, they'll give you that, that stuff back after, of course, you turn in all the papers and you fill out all their documents and you submit to all of their intrusive questioning 
to make sure that they didn't steal too much from you, right? And really all that happened was you gave the government an interest-free loan for a year. Imagine that, an interest-free loan. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if you, the American people, were able to borrow money for 0% interest and then pay it back whenever you want? Whenever, not whenever you want, whenever the, the person who loaned it go, jumps through a million fucking hoops and, and pays a bunch of money to make sure that they're in compliance with all your rules and regulations and everything like that, then, and only then, will you return their money back to them at, at 0% interest rate. Wouldn't that be nice? Man, it, it's quite, it, it's always unbelievable to me. And the more I think about it, and believe me, as a libertarian, I, I think about taxation quite a bit. I mean, our, our main slogan is taxation is theft because that's what it is. That's just a, a true factual statement, and there's no denying that. And anybody that will listen to this episode in its entirety and still claim with a straight face that taxation is anything other than theft, you really have a couple brain cells loose. But um, we'll, we'll get into that later. But it, it just amazes me. The, the more I think about it, I, I'm always more and more amazed at the scheme that they have been able to cook up, even with all of these founding documents that we hold so dear that they've all sworn an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution and a government of the people, by the people, for the people, blah, 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 all of that stuff. And we were going to bind the government down in the chains of the Constitution, and they were going to have few and defined, limited powers, enumerated powers, and they can't do anything that's not authorized in these documents. And yet, somehow, some way, the smallest government in the world became the largest, most intrusive, most powerful government in the world right before our eyes. And the schemes that they have been able to cook up are, are just incredible to me. And the more you learn about it, the more that you dig into what they've been doing over the years, the more amazement you will have. I mean, it, it really is just amazing what they've been able to accomplish. And it, it's a testament to a, a couple of things. <laughs> the nature of government. And that's why this idea that government will limit itself is just so absurd to me. It's why I cannot be at one of these minarchists. I just can't do it, it because it won't work. It's impossible. Um, it, but it's a testament to that. It's a testament to the apathetic American people. It's a testament to the government schools who have been able to, uh, you know, if you want to call it educate, you could call it brainwashing, indoctrination, propagandize, wh whatever you want to say. They have made it so that the American people just have no idea what's going on, what's supposed to be going on, what's allowed, what's not allowed. I mean, think about it. You go through government schools from the day the day after you get out of diapers, right? You're in preschool, pre, pre, K, what, wherever it starts now, right? You got like three levels before preschool now, just so they can get their paws on you. And you go through 15, 20 years, whatever it is now, of government education, and not once, not one time do they even broach the subject of taxation. I mean, you would think if taxation is this vital thing, Right? It's this thing that society itself depends on. Civilization 
depends on them collecting these taxes and you paying these taxes properly, you would think that if that was really the case and they really cared about you and, and this civilized society that we're all living in, and maybe they, they'd spend a, a, at least one lesson on how to pay them, how to pay them properly. I mean, there's thousands of pages of tax legislation, all these rules, and they all, it's so complex now. It's probably why they can't even try to teach it. They don't understand it themselves. But just like the basic form, like this is what you do. This is how you do it. Nothing. Not once is that covered, ever. I, I, I never got any instruction on how to do any of this. Of course not. Why would they? Why would they teach any of this stuff to you? The second they do, you might figure out how big of a scam this whole thing is. Because, I mean, think about it. The taxes are by far the biggest burden that any American will endure in their lifetime. I mean, by far, not even close. We spend something like 30% of our lives just working so that we can pay taxes. Some of us even more, 40%, 50% of our time goes to paying off this, this government tab that they're racking up. And we don't get one class, not one seminar or anything on how to do it right. It's a little uh, suspicious, don't you think? Uh, it's almost as if they don't want you to know how to pay your taxes. They don't want you to know any of this stuff. They want to overcomplicate things and, and make everything so convoluted and difficult that not only do you not know how to do it properly and that you can't take control of your finances and you have to hire somebody else to do it for you, that will also deter you from really digging into this whole apparatus and figuring out whether or not what they're doing is actually legal in the first place. And I mean, I spent, I spent several hours yesterday complying, voluntarily complying, they tell me, with the, the, the U.S. tax code and submitting my uh, tax documents to the IRS, okay? I did federal and I did state. And they were both accepted, thank God. I was really holding my breath there. They wouldn't take my money. Um, and it's just, everything about it is so upsetting to me. And it's just such a bad thing for society. I mean, forget about the fact that, you know, all of these businesses that are struggling right now because of this mandatory shutdown due to the coronavirus, What's the biggest bill that they have to face? It's not payroll. Payroll's probably second to them. Their tax burden is the biggest bill that they have to face. That So many businesses every year go out of business, cannot make ends meet because of the, these taxes that they are forced to pay. And how many businesses never come into existence because they can't afford the cost of compliance? and all of these tax uh, regulations and things that they need to comply with that the other bigger firms and, and companies and businesses and corporations already have the infrastructure in place to deal with. How, how many businesses are, are we denying people the ability to start? How many businesses are we denying people the ability to patronize because of taxation? And how much money is wasted just complying with the tax code? It's like $500 billion a year or something like that. It's an insane number. 
I, I, I think 400 billion was the last one that I heard. And it was like an H and R block commercial or something like that. And that was years ago. So I'm sure it's only gone up from there. It's not like they ever remove pages of regulation. That never happens. It just keeps growing. We've, we've talked about that before on the show. The nature of government is to just keep growing and building upon the, the foundation of what, was, what came before them. So the cost of, to society is tremendous to just comply with these things. And then, of course, the government squanders like four out of every five dollars that it takes from you. And uh, that's never even enough for them. <laughs> then they print the difference, right? They, they take in uh, $4 trillion a year in taxes, and they're going to spend five or six this year. Last year was like three and a half. They spent four and a half. So they always spend more than they take in. What people don't realize is that they don't even actually have to tax us to do all of this government spending. They can just print the money. They can just print it. But then they're going to have a lot of inflation problems, aren't they? And then on top of all that, it's not like we only have one tax to pay, this, this income tax. That's just the biggest one, right? On top of that, you've got uh, property taxes, you've got estate taxes, capital gains taxes, sales taxes, ex all kinds of excise taxes. I mean, they, if it moves, tax it. If it doesn't move, you tax it twice, right? That's all they do. But let's start with the income tax because... If you really think about it, the income tax shouldn't even apply to people. It shouldn't apply to individuals. It should only apply to companies. It, it should only apply to companies because they have profits and they have expenses, right? Uh, people don't have profits. When you go to work for a company, you're exchanging your time and your labor for a dollar amount. There's no gain there. It's a one-to-one -one exchange. Okay, a company has profits. A company, you know, spends a certain amount of money to to bring goods to market, you know, and they have all this overhead. They have to pay rent on the building and they have to pay their employees and they have to pay for the raw material, all that stuff, right? And then they sell something and they get money in and they get to write off all of the costs that went into getting that income. And then the difference, their profit is what is taxable. We don't have that as individuals. Uh, there's no gain there. It's a one-to-one -one exchange. Your time and labor for the money. And if they're gonna imply, if they're gonna apply the income tax to individuals the way they do businesses, well, then you have to let us write off all of this shit that we have to spend money on in order to work. Uh, it, it's pretty hard to go to work without clothes. You ever tried to do that? So your entire wardrobe would be a write-off. Okay, and then can you go to work without a, a, a good night's sleep and a roof over your head? I doubt it. I doubt it. Good luck uh, putting no address on the job application to see if they ever call you back. So you get to write off the cost of your house, the cost of transportation getting to and from. You can't work if you don't eat, right? So all the cost of your food would, would be able to be written off as well. And so then you could really figure out the costs that, that are associated with working. Oh, child care, that's another thing. If you had kids, that should be written off because you have to spend money. Uh, you have to pay somebody to take care of your kids while you're at work. You should be able to write that off. All of this stuff, if we operated honestly and you applied the income tax to individuals the way you apply it to businesses, there'd be practically nothing there to tax when all is said and done because there's no gain. There's no gain when you just do work for somebody. 
It's a one-to-one -one exchange. You can't separate out any income because there, there's no gain there and you're not allowed to write off your expenses. So there's no profit. It's a one-to-one -one exchange. It's even Steven. There's nothing to tax. They're just taxing you. They're taxing your labor. They're taxing your property. That's all it is. That's how evil it is. You see, if you really look into this, the only, this is the really uh, crazy thing about all of this, the only definition of income that the government has provided us is a corporate profit. Uh, they, they've come up with no other definition of income, of what income is. And an in individual can't have a, a profit. You see, the original income tax was voted unconstitutional because it was a direct tax on people. You're paying money directly to the government, and it wasn't apportioned. And according to the original Constitution, a direct tax had to be apportioned among the population. Okay, so then they came out with the 16th Amendment that said the, to, the government can tax income from whatever source derived, regardless of apportionment. Okay, but then they have to define income, right? And the only way they've defined it is a, is a corporate profit. An individual doesn't have a profit. A taxing, they can't tax your wages, they can't tax your rent or anything like that because that would be a direct tax. It's the same as taxing the labor itself. It's the same as taxing the property itself in, in the case of rent. Does that make sense? So or the only way that they could collect an income tax from an individual is if they were to allow you to separate that income from its source. If you really want to punish yourself, you can look into the Internal Revenue Code and you can find where they define income. Well, you won't find where they define income because they never define it. All they define is gross income. And the, the examples they give you are uh, fees and dividends and things like that that a corporation would earn. It's the gross income. You get to subtract all of the costs associated with earning that income, and you pay taxes on what's ever left over. There's nowhere in the Internal Revenue Code, and I know that you might find this hard to believe, but go ahead and look it up. They don't define income ever, only gross income. And in fact, the IRS or Congress or anything like that, they can't change the, the definition. They can't define income because if they were able to do that, being able to change the definition of a word would change the meaning of the Constitution, and they can't do that. So the Supreme Court is really the only body, the only entity that could actually define income, and the only definition that they've given us is a corporate profit. This is just how absurd all of this is. They haven't even defined income, and they have an income tax. I mean, leave it to government. Yeah, sure, they define gross income. Go ahead and look it up. They'll, they'll say gross income is all income from whatever source derived. I think that, that might even be a verbatim quote. If not, it's close enough. Okay, but yeah, sure. So what is income, though? What is income? And they never tell you. This is all just ridiculous. It's like asking you, how do you define a, a, a big car? And, and you come back and say, oh, it's a small car, only bigger. Okay, great, but what's a car? How, how do you define a car? That's what they're doing with this income stuff. And this is, their, this is one of their main sources of revenue. They've never defined what qualifies as it. Unbelievable. But I mean, every tax they come up with is, is more egregious than the one that came before it. And it's all built on this foundational idea that the government owns you that they own the fruits of your labor. And we're going to get into that today, and that's how I'm going to prove to all you listeners out there who might not yet be convinced 
that taxation is theft. And, and that's just a fact. It, it's not even an argument. I'm not even trying to make an argument about what we should do because of the fact that taxation is theft or how we should organize society or anything like that. This is just a true statement because taking people's money at the threat of violence is theft, plain and simple. And no matter who you are or what organization you represent, it, that's just what it is by definition. And so I, I, we're going to get into that today. I just want to rant a little more about, about my own taxes, first of all. But first, I just want everybody to sit back and, and just kind of think about how we got to where we are today, how we allowed all of these different taxes to be imposed upon us, the poorest among us. The poorest people among us. You know, I've done other episodes. I did one on the history of the income tax. Not as boring as it sounds, I promise. I did one on why taxation is theft. And I, I did one confronting all of the typical arguments you hear, you know, social contract and taxes are the prices we pay for a civilized society and all that stuff. So if you really want a, a detailed explanation of those uh, issues, you can go back and listen to those episodes. But just... You know, I rattled off like six or seven taxes that we all pay. And just think about what they mean. Think about what they say about the relationship to the government and the people. Because we keep telling ourselves that they work for us, right? That all these, these senators and congressmen, they're all over there representing us, protecting our rights. And, and that's why we, we built this government was to protect the inalienable rights that we already had, right? That's what's in our founding documents. And, you know, right now we have all of these governors and state representatives, senators, you name it. All of them are, are still, are not only forcing the American people to not work, to sit at home in quarantine, causing them to lose their jobs, lose their livelihood. They're all being forced to do that, while all of your so-called representatives who work for you are still taking a paycheck. They're all still getting paid. I mean, that right there speaks volumes as to the relationship between the governed and the governors. I mean, I don't think any of these representatives should be getting paid at all. But if you're going to steal from the American people to pay your salary, I think the least you could do when you force those people to stop working and stop getting a salary of their own, the least you could do is stop taking your own salary that is funded from them working, from them being productive. I mean, come on, man. Come on. And, you know, the property tax, the property taxes that I pay here in Chicago are, are pretty outrageous. You know, we're talking $7,000 a year, you know, and I don't use anything. I don't use any of the schools or anything like that. I don't have kids. But this one is really something. They call it the property tax, and they use the word property to describe the fee that they are collecting that by its very nature negates any notion of that actually being your property. I mean, what are we doing here? What am I doing here? I'm renting this property from the government. They've made that abundantly clear. I have to pay them $7,000 a year for the privilege of, quote-unquote, owning this property. It's another one of these things that they like to do when they pervert the meaning of these words. My property, if it was really mine, why am I paying them a tax on it? What, what, what the hell is that? Okay, or the uh, capital gains tax. 
capital gains tax, the tax that you pay on any investment gains you might have from money that, you know, was already taxed once, by the way. So the, the money that they let you keep, you made an investment, that investment turned turned a little bit of a profit for you, and they're going to they're gonna take 15 to 20% of that as well. Okay, that that's great. What? And and some of them want to take more. Uh, a lot of these Democrats they want to treat that as uh, regular income, the same as the the income that you get. They want to tax it at thirty five, forty percent. It's not. It's never enough for them. I mean, every step of the way, every time you earn a little something, there's Uncle Sam, like Tony Soprano, with his hand out, demanding you kick something up to your boss, the boss of the family. And then there, everyone wonders why nobody has a couple nickels to run together when the government forces you to stop working for a couple weeks. <laughs> Give you twelve hundred bucks. Uh, oh, okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mister Soprano. You're you're so generous. You you take twenty five percent of what the American people earn and you give them two percent of it back when they're in a crisis while stealing like six trillion dollars from them in the future in future taxation. And we're supposed to be grateful for that. This is the government that you are all looking up to, looking to for protection and uh, and safety. Okay, the second your chips are down, the second things go bad, what did they do? Well, they, they robbed you of $6 trillion and they gave you like $250 billion back. It, oh, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and back to the capital gains thing. It's not like they're there for any of the losses. No, no. It's not like, uh, I, I mean, you can write off, your losses have to be, I think, more than $3,000 $3, more than your gains for you to be able to write them off of next year's uh, tax return. Something like that. Okay, so they're there. Every time you make a profit, they're they're there. Sure, absolutely, they want their cut. But if you're if you're making losses, you know that's on you. They're not taking any of those losses. No, absolutely not. You still gotta you still gotta kick it up to to Tony Soprano. Remember, you you know it, it works the exact same way. There aren't any excuses. You have a bad day as a bookie for Tony Soprano. You you got to find a way to to kick up to to the boss what you owe him. You're only as good as your last envelope. The only difference between the mafia and the federal government is perceived legitimacy. And how do they go about getting that perceived legitimacy? Oh, they, they give you stuff in exchange for your taxes. They, they buy you off with, with little trinkets, making you think, oh, well, I'm getting all these services in exchange for my taxes. Bullshit. That doesn't legitimize anything. And then, and then of course, when you die... Right. When you die, they, they get you with the estate tax, which is another double tax. I mean, it's even more than that. You don't even have the right to do what you want with your property after you die, even after you've already paid taxes on that property. You've paid taxes on the property itself. You paid taxes on all of the money that they allowed you to keep to acquire everything within that estate. Not to mention all the sales taxes that they've been collecting every time you purchase something. I mean, they're forcing citizens with the sales tax. They are literally forcing citizens to collect taxes on their behalf. I mean, what really is the difference between the store owner who has to collect sales tax and kick it up to Uncle Sam in order to be able to operate in the neighborhood 
and the the store owner in the in Little Italy that has to pay protection money to the mob so that they don't destroy their business. What's the difference there? Somebody explain it to me, please. I mean, you have to give it to these guys. It's brilliant. It's brilliant the scheme that they've cooked up. It's just and nobody even like questions this. No, it's just it's just fine. We're just going to force you to collect taxes on our behalf. And if you don't want to do that, you can't legally operate your business. We'll we'll shut you down. We're going to shut you down if you don't collect taxes for us. They're they're basically enslaving you as a tax collector. I mean, think about it. They're actually collecting a commission. The government is collecting a commission on every single transaction that ever takes place all over the country on every single level. It's insane. It's outrageous. And that's on the money that they've already allowed you to keep after they've taxed it, after they've taxed your income, after they've taxed your capital gains, and then whatever is left, that you, if you buy something with it, they collect a commission on top of that. And then after you die, whatever is left after all of that, they take a nice another big chomp out of that with the estate tax or the inheritance tax or whatever you want to call it. This is where we are today. This is America. I mean, can you believe how successful they've been? And people defend them. People defend their right to do this. Nobody even questions it. The vast majority of people just go along with this. It's unbelievable to me how successful they have been in propagandizing the American people. I'm still in awe. I mean, this has gone to levels that nobody ever thought possible. I was reading about the uh, the refunds, you know, that people get. Those are taxable the following year. So that um, that interest free loan that you gave to the government, you know, because they stole too much money from you the year before, when they give that money back to you, they tax it. <laughs> it goes into your taxable income for the year, and then they they tax it again. It's this is just incredible, unbelievable. The balls on this government of ours, unbelievable. It, could you imagine just the founding fathers of the looking at the country that we have today and just being like, "What the hell is going on here? Why they they were they fought a revolution? What sparked the revolution was like a two and a half percent tax on tea, <laughs> two and a half." And now, I mean, the poorest people among us pay far more than that in taxes on everything. Sales tax, far more than that. But the income tax, I mean, that was originally supposed to only be for the Rockefellers, for, for the, the Carnegies, you know. They were going to pay maybe 5 7%. They almost capped it at 10%. Could you believe that? It was never supposed to apply to the poorest among us. And the way that we funded the entire country was through um, tariffs. The whole, the whole uh, federal government was funded through tariffs on imports. And we had a much smaller government back then. And that was great. That was great. But then, but then these, these sneaky politicians got on there and said, hey, all these poor people are paying this, in- this uh, import tax all these tariffs, it's, it's regressive. It's hurting the poorest among us. We should get rid of that and we'll impose a tax on just the 1%. And it will only be 1% of what the 1% make. And that will alleviate all the poor people from paying any taxes. And of course, you know, all these poor people went for it. 
they let that camel's uh, government uh, camel nose under the tent. And look at where we are today. They're paying 20 times more than was ever envisioned for the richest people in, in the country. And, um, you know, they, you know what they say, we get the government we deserve. And unfortunately, I, I think we really, uh, we really lived up to that one. We, we sure do deserve this because nobody even questions this anymore. And they even defend it. You, you will find people every day defending the, the taxation that we go through. And one of the more asinine claims uh, of all the ridiculousness uh, of that goes into this whole tax code and this whole idea of taxation is this idea of voluntary compliance. As if we're all just getting together on April 15th and 156 million Americans or however many of us are actually working right now. And we're thinking to ourselves, you know what? I would like to turn over 40% of my income to the government. I want to make sure that they've, they've gotten all their due, all of the money that they were supposed to steal from me. I want to make sure they have that. So I'm going to go through the headache of, of filling out all of these tax returns and submitting them to the government. Completely voluntary, right? Oh, okay. I mean... This is just absolutely ridiculous. But that's what it says. That, that's what they will tell you. If you ask them, hey, do I have to turn in a tax return? They will say, well, it's based on voluntary compliance. And then if you look them straight in the eye and say, okay, well, I don't want to comply, they'll tell you that you have to comply. <laughs> it's compulsory. So it's not voluntary. It's compulsory. But they've just changed the, the meaning of the word, which, like I said, governments love to do that. And I, I don't know if anybody, I mean, a lot of people probably have thought about this, but have they ever asked themselves why they would come up with this idea of voluntary compliance? Is it, I mean, why even, you know, why risk it? None of their other laws are based on voluntary compliance. It's not like they pretend that, uh, you know, uh, uh, traffic laws are based on voluntary compliance. I mean, some people try to make that argument, but if you were to ask a traffic cop, Hey, hey, do I have to stop at that red light? He's not going to be like, oh, no, it's completely voluntary. Do whatever you want. I mean, no, of course not. Of course not. There's a punishment for that. All right? And as soon as you introduce a punishment, whatever that activity is, is no longer voluntary. But why risk having it be voluntary in the first place? If taxes are so important, they're so vital, we wouldn't have roads. You know, we wouldn't have police and fire or teachers and schools. Civilization as we know it would end, right? I mean, that's what they tell us. Taxes are the prices we pay for a civilized society. That's what we're told. That's the argument, isn't it? That's at least one of the main arguments. The other one is this social contract, but that, that's for another day. But why would our all-powerful government that is always there to rescue us from economic collapse and the coronavirus and who will provide health care to us and housing and education, all this stuff, right? Why risk all of that? Put all of that on the line by making the, the, the mechanism, the funding mechanism for all of it, quote-unquote, voluntary. Seems a little odd, don't you think? I mean, do you really believe that our government wants to lay all of that on the line? Risk everything? For what? For what? Why would they do that? So that some bootlickers can lie themselves into thinking that they're still free people and that we aren't all just essentially slaves to an all-powerful government? Maybe. That could definitely be part of it. 
I mean, sure, we're not on the plantations picking cotton. They've given us the freedom to go work in whatever field we choose. As long as we kick up at least, you know, 20-25% to our masters. But it's actually far more sinister. What's, what's going on is far more sinister than that. I'm going to give you all a glimpse into the minds of your wise overlords in Washington. And I'm going to show you just how devious and despicable they really are. And just what they truly think of the American people. And make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. Because a lot of people are sitting at home right now thinking that the government has their best interests at heart and they care about the American people and they represent us. They're over there fighting for our rights and our freedoms and the reason we have all these congressmen over there in D.C. is so that they can voice our wants and our needs and our desires. Not too many listeners of this show, maybe, but a lot of people. A lot of people truly believe this, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I mean, that's the problem. That's a big part of the problem because nothing could really be further from the truth. The income tax is the perfect example of this. Because when you, when you cut away all of the nonsense surrounding taxation, all the legal stuff, all the jargon, all of it, strip it all away, what you're left with is an undeniable fact staring you in the face. And that is that taxation is theft. And that all of these politicians that are supposed to represent you in Washington are perfectly willing and in some cases eager to steal from you to steal from you, to fund their existence, to fund their lifestyle, their lavish lifestyles. The, everybody in Congress lives better than the vast majority of the American people. You think they give a rip about you? You think they give a rip about Joe Sixpack and all of his problems? Of course not. And when we look at the nature of taxation and what that does to the relationship between you and your representatives, it's going to become obvious it's going to become obvious why libertarians harp on this so much, almost to a fault. It's why our main, one of our main battle cries is that taxation is theft. We're not going to beat around the bush on this one. And that's one thing I do love about libertarians is their unwillingness to sugarcoat things in these euphemisms. Now, you can say that you know, taxation is extortion if you want to be even more precise, but that doesn't really have the same ring to it, does it? And, you know, robbery is just the, the simplest form of extortion. So we're going to stick with taxation as theft. And like I said before, I'm not, that's not even an argument for not having taxation. It's just a fact. It's a truthful statement. The argument against taxation is why I consider myself an anarcho-capitalist. But just pointing out that taxation is theft, I don't understand why anyone would argue against that or even try to, except for the fact that once you accept that the truth in that statement, that taxation is theft, you automatically have to call into question all of your political beliefs and all of your worldviews, and that's going to make a lot of people feel very uncomfortable, especially when you're logically consistent and you have to take all of this to its logical conclusion that the state is evil and it shouldn't exist but i mean that's uh, i'm not even going to get into that today okay 
all I want to talk, all I want to show you is not only how devious and despicable the government is, as usual, but that it is in fact theft and the lengths that they are willing to go in order to steal from you. All of the hoops they're willing to jump through, all of the devious ways they've get they've been able to get around the rules and regulations restraining them from taxing you. And I'm going to go back to that question I asked a few minutes ago. Why would they go through all the trouble of pretending that complying with the tax code is based on voluntary compliance? So let's drill down into this a little bit. Because despite the fact that every American has to pay these taxes, and we spend, like I said, like 25-30% of every year dedicated to working for the government just to pay this off, none of it's ever taught in schools. Nobody even really thinks about it. And of course, why would, why, would they, uh, why would the government schools teach you that their very existence depends on them violating their own founding documents and all of the rights that, in theory, they were brought into existence to protect? Of course they don't teach you any of this stuff. But of course they made sure that we learned how a bill becomes a law, didn't they? They made sure that they drilled all that bullshit into our heads and how we need to worship all of our saviors in government. There's endless curriculum around that. I mean, you can't even pass eighth grade unless you pass the Constitution class. You know, that document that all of these uh, people swear an oath to uphold and defend, and they spend their entire careers undermining it after they uh, swear the oath. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. We were talking about why about the voluntary compliance and why this is also ridiculous, right? It really all has to do with the government trying to find a way to circumvent the Constitution. You see, we have this thing. It's called the Fifth Amendment. I'm sure everyone listening is somewhat familiar with that because you've seen it referenced a million times in crime shows and law shows and movies where the defendant is up there and he's pleading the Fifth on grounds that they don't want to incriminate themselves. The reason they do that is because you don't have to be a witness against yourself under the Fifth Amendment. That's the whole point of the Fifth Amendment, is that if the government wants information from you, that they're going to then take and and use against you in a court of law, you don't have to give it to them. Okay, That's why you can plead the Fifth. And that's why they read your uh, Miranda rights to you when they arrest you. You have the right to remain silent. You know, anything you say can and will be used against you. And that's why every lawyer is always begging people not to talk to the cops, even after you've been, uh, after you've been Mirandized. Because once you do that, once they Mirandize you and you decide to talk to them, you are now voluntarily giving them incriminating information against yourself. And they can then use that against you in their case. Now, of course, they can't you know, beat you and torture you to get the confession. That would obviously not be voluntary. But if you willingly give it up, they're still operating within the confines of the Fifth Amendment as long as you voluntarily give up the information. So, back to the tax returns. What the Supreme Court has ruled is that anyone who provides a tax return to the IRS is acting as a witness against themselves within the meaning of the Fifth Amendment. So that means that in order to be able to use that tax return against you in court to go after you for tax violations, you would have to provide the tax return 
to the IRS voluntarily. If it's coerced, if they force you, if it's not based on voluntary compliance and it's based, it's truly based on coercion or compulsory compliance, well, then the IRS can't use that tax return against you to go after you for the, all the tax law violations. So you see what's happening here? If the government wants to use any of the tax returns against you, you cannot be compelled to provide it to them. And then, of course, they won't be able to prove that you violated one of their thousands of tax laws they've come up with unless they get their hands on those returns. You see the predicament they're in? Because they can't compel you to turn over your tax returns, they won't be able to charge you with a crime. But they can't charge you with a crime until they get their hands on your tax returns. You see, we've got them in a catch-22. This is one of the very situations that all of these amendments to the Constitution and this whole Bill of Rights thing, these are the rules that are supposed to bind down the government. They were designed to protect us against them. So obviously, you know, we have nothing to worry about, right? Because we got all these pieces of paper that says they can't do this, right? And the government's just going to sit back and accept their own founding documents and abide by the confines of the Constitution and all that stuff, right? So we have nothing to fear. I mean, that's the whole point of all of this, right? This is what we set out to do. Well, well of course not. Uh, obviously not. Obviously, if they had any interest in limiting themselves or abiding by any of the things in the Constitution, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So what did your protectors over in D.C. decide to do when they were faced with this Catch-22? Remember, they're the ones tasked specifically with defending your rights and representing your interests. Just keep that in the back of your mind. So what did they do? Well, you know, they, they can't just sit back and allow you to actually be protected by the Bill of Rights. That would be nonsense. So they just, you know, change the meaning of the word. That's all. Nothing to it. With one swoop of the pen, the word voluntary now means compulsory. Sure, we still say voluntary, but it actually means compulsory. And the Fifth Amendment is now meaningless, and the Constitution is now rendered completely and utterly worthless. This is the devious way they have managed to erode all of the protections we have against them. And this is how delicate our rights are if you leave them in the hands of politicians and bureaucrats. One word. One little word. They change the meaning of that, and it all goes out the window. The, the whole thing goes to shit. That's what's at stake here. I mean, this idea that any of this is voluntary is complete bullshit. They will put you in prison for not filing a return. How could that possibly be construed as voluntary? I mean, voluntary, voluntary means that you can choose to do something or you can choose not to do something. And there will be no, you will suffer no punishment as a result of your choice. Once you introduce a punishment, that's it. That's it. It's no longer voluntary. And we all know this. We all know. We know that if we were given the option of turning over half of our income to the government, nobody would voluntarily do that. But if they force us to, all of a sudden this whole illusion, this entire lie that we are free people and the government is of, for, and by the people and they work for us, that all comes crumbling down. Hundreds of years of propaganda and indoctrination wasted. And what you're left with when you strip all of this fluff away is that, 
we're all basically just a bunch of slaves subject to whatever they determine we are subject to. Those pieces of paper that were supposed to protect us from them are meaningless. If they can just change the meaning of words or interpret them to mean whatever they want them to mean, then those are completely worthless pieces of paper. That's why this is so dangerous, this idea of allowing the Constitution to be this living, breathing document. The only reason they want it to be that way is because they don't like what it says, and they want to change the meaning of it so that they can control us even more. I mean, look. Look how they view you. Look how they view you as their property. They think that they are entitled to 100% of everything that you have, and everything that they allow you to keep is basically their gift to you. That's how they look at it. And the reason we say taxation is theft is because they are taking something from you without your consent. It's really that simple. Strip out all the bullshit surrounding taxes, all the legal jargon and mumbo-jumbo. Distill it all down. If you aren't consenting to it and they're taking something from you, it's theft. Now, they've attempted to legalize it, to legalize that theft by amending the Constitution, but they've even failed to do that if you really dig into it. And even if you believe that they were successful in making it legal, that still doesn't make it moral. That has no bearing on the morality of what's going on. And one thing that libertarians do that nobody else seems to be interested in doing is we hold government agents to the same standard of morality as we hold the rest of the people of the world. We don't carve out all these exceptions for things government can do that regular everyday people can't do. So if I come over to your house with a gun and demand that you give me 30% of your income, but you know, don't worry, I'm going to use it for this really good cause and all your favorite charities and everything like that. And oh, by the way, here's a little bag of goodies, like a, a bag of party favors that you'd get after going to some event with all these little trinkets in it, all these little trinkets in there that you may or may not want that at best is, is worth a tiny, tiny fraction of what you're being forced to give me. There's no person on God's green earth that would not view that what just happened, what I just did to you, as theft. They would all see it that way. I mean, what else could you possibly call that? Especially if I threatened to put you in some prison that I built in my basement or whatever if you refused to give me your money. I mean, come on. Who in their right mind wouldn't at the very least say that what I did to you was wrong. And if it's wrong for me to do it to you, it's just as wrong when some bureaucrat does it. Even if they give you something, even if they give you something in return for what they are stealing, that doesn't change the nature of what taxation is. And that's what they, and that's what the government does. They say, give us your money and we'll give you these services, whether you want them or not. And this is just the, the little trick that they do. This is their way of, of tricking you into thinking that this is all legitimate. That, oh, well, as long as we give you something, as long as we give you a little something in return for what we're taking, then it's not theft, right? But that doesn't legitimize any of this. Theft is when you take something from someone at the threat of violence. And that's exactly what they do. If you don't pay your taxes and you continue to refuse to comply they will violently come after you. And the fact that they use a small portion of what they steal 
for things other than lining their own pockets, and they provide some services to the people that we may or may not want, doesn't legitimize any of this, especially when they force us to use those services by blocking out the possibility of any alternative. And then they interpret us, you know, our being forced to use their services as some sort of implied consent to being robbed. I mean, that wouldn't pass any test as to what a legitimate contract or agreement between two parties is anywhere else in the world. But when it comes to government, it it seems to be okay. I mean, they're specifically prohibiting us from doing certain things. They're insisting that they do it themselves, and then they are forcing us to pay them for it. That's what's going on here. It's ridiculous. We wouldn't allow normal, everyday people to get away with that. So why make an exception for government? So they take the idea that we're, that we're uh, forced to use the services they provide as some sort of uh, implied consent or the fact that, you know, we haven't left the country or we haven't renounced our citizenship. That, that also implies our consent to taxation and therefore it's not theft. Look, first of all, why do you even have to try and do this mind reading to determine this mysterious implied consent that I may or may not be giving? Why can't you just take my explicit words instead? If I explicitly tell you I do not consent, why wouldn't that override your interpretation of my actions as implied consent? I mean, that's ridiculous. And secondly, we're we're not even given a choice or a viable alternative to allow our actions to be interpreted as anything other than consenting. I mean, if you're not going to take my word for it that I'm not consenting, and you're only going to interpret my actions, how can I act in a way that would indicate that I don't consent to what you're doing if you've taken away all of the possibilities of an alternative? If there's nothing else I can do but act in one certain way that you will automatically determine implies my consent. I mean, it's like they've given us one road to go down, to use roads as an example, okay? Only one. And if you go down that road, by their retarded logic, you've automatically consented to any horrific thing that they've decided to do to you along the way. And if you want to exist as a human being, you have to go down that road. So the second you set foot on it, it's, oh, you've consented. You've consented to being raped. You've consented to being robbed. You've consented to being kidnapped. I mean, what kind of bullshit is that? Oh, well, you're free. You're free to leave if you don't like it. Am I? Am I really free to leave? Really? Well, where else can I go? Let's start there. Because wherever I go, all the idiots over there will automatically interpret my being there as consent to all the unlawful things they're going to do to me. And by the way, just leaving the United States doesn't relieve you of your tax burden. That's right. The U.S. is one of only two countries that believes it's entitled to your income that you make while you're not even in the United States. Think about that. Think about that. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about how your government views you, that they think that they own 100% of you, regardless of whether or not you're in their country, regardless of where you are in the world. I don't know what will. So, okay, you announce your, uh, renounce your citizenship then, right? Okay, 
that'll be $2,350. That's the current cost to buy your freedom from this slavery. And if you don't have it, well, I don't know what to tell you. And a lot of Americans don't, right? We're, we're finding that out right now in this coronavirus, this pandemic. Nobody's got any money. That's why they, got, they need the, these $1,200 checks from the government. If you don't have it, I guess you're just shit out of luck. You can't buy your freedom. And, of course, they can change the rules at any time. They, they can make it so that, you know, if you have any student loan debt, you can't renounce your citizenship until you pay all that off. That could be hundreds of thousands of dollars for some people. I mean, we're supposed to be a free people born with inalienable rights. And if that's true, then how can we owe something to someone, something we call government or something we call society, how can we owe something just for being born, just for existing? I mean, America would have never been created if they knew the government would become this all-powerful thing that can just tax you as much as they want. The way these laws are written, they can tax you at 100% because that's how they view you. They view you as their property. It's only 30% because that's what they've currently decided on. If they decided it was 70%, then it would be 70%. And if 100% of taxation is slavery, at what percentage does it not become slavery? Think about what's happening here. They've turned the idea of property rights completely on its head. I mean, what makes, what makes you a slave? What makes slavery immoral? It's a violation of property rights. If you own your body, you should, feel, you should be free to do with it what you want so long as you don't violate the property rights of others. Right? So if you own your body, and you know you hear people say this all the time, right? my body, my choice. So if you own your body, you own the byproducts of all the things that you produce using your body. You own the fruits of your labor. If you deny this simple idea of self-ownership of your body as your property, you're essentially advocating for slavery. Because slavery is forcing people to use their body for things that they don't want to use it for. And then you're taking all of the fruits of their labor. That's what slavery is. You're denying them their right to self-ownership and violating their property rights. And what sane person, what sane person in this world today would try to make the argument that slavery isn't slavery because, well, their masters gave them some stuff. Oh, you know, we gave them food, we gave them housing, even gave them some medical care when they were sick. So they're getting something in return for being forced to work and, and, and stolen from. So that makes all this okay, right? By their logic. I mean, who in their right mind would make that argument? How, how sick of a person would you have to be to make that argument? But it's the exact same argument that all these people are making for taxation. I mean, I, I make the argument, slavery is just the price we pay for a civilized society, right? I mean, that's how ridiculous this is getting. But you could have made that argument back then. They didn't know how to do anything else. They didn't know that, you know, you could have a, a free enterprise system, free market capitalism. So at, from their perspective, slavery was the price that we had to pay for a civilized society. Any, anybody else still want to make that argument? And think so. And now think about what the government is saying when they say that they can tax you. They are saying that they have a higher claim to your property than you do. They are taking away your right to own and control the fruits of your labor, just like we did with slaves. 
They are saying that they can confiscate the fruits of your labor even before they get to you. They take it right out of your paycheck. And if you fail to pay what they've deemed you owe, well, they can just quite literally steal it from your bank account. And they do this all the time. I mean, what the hell is that? <laughs> they did this to my sister. They thought she owed taxes one year. Turned out, oops, you know, they were completely wrong. There's a shocker. But did that stop them from t just taking money right out of her bank account without even notifying her and overdrawing the account in the process? Nope, didn't stop them. They just did it. What I mean, wasn't there something in those founding documents about due process and uh, innocent until proven guilty? So I remember something about that. Ah, whatever, you know. Uh, that's the other thing. When you go to uh, one of these rigged government courts to try to defend yourself, to try to defend your right to not be violently expropriated, they've decided that all that due process stuff and all that innocent until proven guilty mumbo-jumbo, that no longer applies. You're guilty. You're guilty until proven innocent, and it's on you to prove your innocence now. I mean, wow. This is really... So, uh, how they could go from the, the original founding father's idea of what a government is to what we have today is just mind-boggling when you really break it down. I mean, I'm hard-pressed to think of any one thing the government does that is a bigger violation of our rights than taxation. You know, they can give it a fancy name, a fancy official-sounding name like taxation, but that doesn't change the nature of what's going on any more than them changing the definition of voluntary suddenly means that we're all agreeing to all this ridiculousness. Taxation is theft. That is a fact. Maybe you think theft is an acceptable price to pay for this lifestyle, for the way we've organized society. That's a debate we can have. We can have it another time. But it is impossible to deny that that's what it is. It's theft. And if they really believed that taxation is some voluntary contribution that we're all just so happy to make to society, why don't they get rid of all the punishments they impose for not voluntarily complying? And then we can all find out just how voluntary this whole thing is. All right, I'm going to wrap there, guys. Happy Theft Day, everybody. I hope you're all doing well to voluntarily comply with not just the, uh, the tax code, but also the uh, quarantine that, that's being imposed. Stay safe out there. If you like this episode, do me a favor. Give me a rating and review on iTunes. Five stars if you think the show is worth it. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. I'm going to be putting out some clips on YouTube, so hopefully I'll get through some of that this week and you guys can start sharing these clips around the interwebs and everything like that. And if you haven't already, go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, sign up for the weekly newsletter, and if you can do all that for me, I will be back later this week with a brand new episode for you. Until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called